Hello and welcome back to my podcast. Um, this is Ashley and I have this very interesting story to tell today. So when I was thinking of an idea for this podcast, I thought I'd go broad and I'd go, I'd just find the most interesting conspiracy theory I could find because obviously conspiracy theories, there's so many, there's crazy ones, blah, 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 you know? And so I found one that was pretty interesting and so um a lot of these names are in russian so i'm probably not gonna say them correctly but anyway let's begin okay so the um story that i'm going to tell is about the diet love pass incident so sit back and enjoy this amazing tale um it's very interesting i found it very interesting but um yes so um, in the Ural Mountains of Russia in 1959, 10 hikers decided to go on this skiing expedition. And so, uh, one thing about these mountains was that they actually are what separate Europe and Asia. Now, that's not really important to the story, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. And so, um, anyway, continuing back. So, um, this one guy, his name was Igor Dietlov. Um, he organized this group that was filled with fellow students and peers at the university that he went to. They actually all went to it. It was called uh, Ural Polytechnical University. And so there were eight men and two women, and they each had a level two hiking experience, which I'm not entirely sure what that means, but it means that they were pretty experienced in hiking, you know, of course. And so... The route that they were going to take was approved by the Sverdlovsk City Route Commission. And so on January 23rd, 1959, they began their hike and set out on their hike, you know? And so um, they had to travel by train and by truck to get to their ideal location. So then January 27th, they actually began their hike. On January 23rd, that's just when they started... Uh, to, you know, walk to it, or <laughs> to get into the train and truck, okay, so one of the group members, he actually had uh, several health issues, so he ended up leaving on January 28th, and so he returned home, and so then um, on January 31st, the group arrived at this edge of a highland, which is just like, it's, um, it's kind of like the base of a mountain, like not really, but um, that's like the easiest way to describe it, and so they were all, like, prepared to climb, you know? They were ready to go. And so they attempted to get over this pass and camp out on the other side of the, on the other side for the night. Like, that was their plan. But then, um, weather conditions were worsening, and they ended up losing their direction, and so they ended up, uh, heading west, which was not where they wanted to go. And so they realized their mistake, but they just decided, you know, we're just gonna camp out here for the night, and that it was speculated that they did that because Diet Love didn't want to lose the altitude that they had gained. And so they just stayed on the slope of the mountain rather than moving into the more uh, forested area around like a mile down, which would have offered more shelter for them, obviously, because of the trees. And so um, before leaving for their trip, um, they contacted their sports club director and they told them or they told him that they would send a telegram once they reached this little village 
and it was speculated that they would get there um, around February 12th. And so February 12th came and there was no message. Despite that, no one was really freaking out because it was um, pretty normal for the messages to be a couple days late because obviously, you know, you have to take into account an incident might happen, you know, a storm might appear, you know. So, like, no one was really that worried. But then, by February 20th, the family members of the hikers demanded a rescue operation. So, this was initially made up of volunteers, but then um, it eventually involved the army and the police force, too. So then, here's where the story turns downhill. Okay, so, on February 26th... um, the like searchers search party they found the group's abandoned tent and it was pretty badly damaged all of the belongings and shoes and clothes of the um hikers remained in the tent and an investigator said that the tent must have been cut open from the inside so like they were inside of it and they cut it open um if if i didn't make any sense the first time okay and so then there were nine different like sets of footprints walking away from the tent and they were all in either socks one shoe or barefoot so about 500 meters away near the edge of the forest they found two bodies dressed in only their underwear so then between the trees and the tent they ended up finding three more bodies you know crazy so um once these first five bodies were found a legal inquest began So, they began to go, "Uh uh-oh, something's not right here. We're going to look into this. And then, to find the remaining remaining four hikers, it ended up taking two months. And these four were dressed better than the others. And it is speculated that they took the clothes off of the dead bodies, which is horrible. But, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And so, um, the medical examiner claimed that the first five bodies um had all died of hypothermia obviously they weren't dressed well you know if you're not dressed well in the russian mountains i'm imagining it wouldn't be that nice and so then the four bodies that they ended up finding two months later they ended up changing that narrative so three of the four had like really horrible fatal injuries So, one of them had major skull damage, and the other two had major chest fractures. And the force that was needed to cause these injuries would have been very similar to a car crash. And despite, like, the horrible damage that these bodies went through, there was, like, no external wounds. And so then, these four bodies also all had, like, soft tissue damage um, to the head and face. So, one of the... One girl was missing her tongue, her eyes, and a part of her lips. One dude was missing his eyes, and the other guy was missing his eyebrows. And um, some of the clothes that they found even had signs of radioactivity. Very bizarre, you know. You know. And so then a forensic expert judged that the injuries, like to their, uh, like the tongue and eyes missing, they judged that those must have happened after they had died. And so at the time... The official conclusion was that they died from a compelling natural force that could not have been avoided. I don't know what natural force would cause those circumstances, but, you know, okay. 
So then, in 2019, they reopened the case, and they could only think of three possible explanations. An avalanche, a slab avalanche, or a hurricane. And then, in a related report, another group of hikers, about 30 miles away or so, reported seeing strange orange spears in the sky. And another independent witness claimed to have seen a similar spear from February to March of 1959. And so, there are several theories as to what happened in the group. And so, the first theory is of an avalanche. So, in 2020, they announced an avalanche to be the official cause of death. But there is uh, contradictory evidence that says that an avalanche is probably not what happened. So, the, the location did not have any obvious signs that an avalanche had ha- happened. Um, there tend to be specific patterns in the snow... And then it would have also damaged the, like, uh, tree line down from where they were. Like, it would have damaged the forest, you know? And so, um, more, uh, <laughs> contradictory evidence is that there had been over 100 expeditions in that same location, and they had never once reported conditions that, um, could have caused an avalanche. And then the footprint patterns of the nine people were also very inconsistent with someone running away like i imagine if there was an avalanche you would like run get out of there as quick as possible but these footprints showed that they were more of at a walking pace and so that leads to the second theory which is catabatic winds so these are a somewhat rare event but they can be extremely violent they're like um strong sudden winds and i'm i think they have like a lot of pressure with them and so there was actually a similar incident that happened i think a couple years after in sweden where these winds came and they ended up like killing one of the hikers um in this group in sweden and so these winds would have made it pretty much impossible to remain in the tent so the most rational course would have been to take shelter behind the tree line um yeah So then, um, the third theory is infrasound, um, yes, it's like this, okay, (laughs) it's a sound, and so there was this novel created, um, and it claimed that there was this wind, which would have created this, uh, vortex type thing, and then that vortex would have produced the infrasound, and so this sound causes panic in humans, and obviously the hikers were pretty panicked mental stress discomfort you know they had to cut their way out they didn't have their clothes you know they ran and so the novelist who wrote it claimed that uh the panic made them run away and so the darkness um caused them to not know how to return to their tent because obviously it's dark out and there it's snowy um must be hard to see where your tent is and um also he said that the traumatic injuries would have been caused by them falling into a ravine which i'm i believe their bodies were found in a ravine don't count me on that um not 100 percent sure but you know that would make sense and so then the fourth and final theory is military testing so some believe that this campsite was near a soviet parachute mine test So, the theory states that the hikers would have woken up from loud explosions and they would have left and fled the tent. After those who froze to death had died, the others would have suffered their injuries from parachute mine concussions. 
There are records saying that they were indeed testing in this area and around the same time as the hikers. And so these mines detonate in the air and then they produce similar injuries to those of the ones who had the traumatic injuries, like where they don't really show on the outside, but then on the inside, you know, pretty damaged. And then that also goes with the reported sighting of the like orange spheres. And so those are the four main theories that I found to explain this um, incident. And it's really interesting to me. They still haven't um, found, obviously, there was no survivors. So, like, are we ever really going to know what happened? No, probably not. Because no one was there. No one who was there survived. And there was no one who was, like, filming this, you know. So, it's probably going to remain a mystery. But um, people can still theorize what they want. And actually, while researching this, I saw... A lot of more recent articles from like a couple months ago that were um, saying that they think it was a slab avalanche that caused it. And so um, as they as this group would have been setting up their camp, um, they wouldn't have realized they must not have realized that the snow was pretty loose. And so like the looser layer of snow would have been underneath like the more compact snow and so the looser layer would have shifted and like went over their tent which could have caused the like horrible traumatic injuries and so then those remaining in the tent would have cut their way out and tried to like pull those who were injured out into safety by the trees um yeah that's pretty much that but um a lot of the articles i saw that were recent were saying that that was most likely the cause but still we're probably never gonna have a perfect answer to this because again no one who was there ended up surviving i mean there was the one guy who ended up leaving early but he didn't stay obviously so he didn't really know what happened either but uh he actually died in 2013 thought that was kind of interesting imagine I could not imagine being him. That is insane. Like, you were supposed to go on this hiking trip, and then everyone on the hiking trip died, but then you, who left, like, three days early, ended up living? Like, that's that's crazy to me. Like, I would feel, uh feel so horrible. But, um, yeah. So that was pretty much the um, theory. And so, yeah. If you have your own thing to that you think like there was some other theories i saw that didn't have much support like one was ufos black magic but you know those ones weren't very um they didn't have much evidence so i just didn't include them but yeah that's pretty much that and um very interesting who will know what happened no one but you know just you just gotta think about it you know so thank you for listening